And here we go. We are back to Dre and Des podcast. We are live in person. That's right, baby. So we are currently watching. Uh, we've been watching uh, Indiana dismantle Mississippi. Or, I'm sorry, Michigan State, uh, the team that beat Michigan. Just in case you guys were wondering, and we turned that off quickly. <laughs> Man, that has been bad. Um, but we've also been talking a little bit about some NBA and what we think will happen. Um, we we've talked. It, it seems pretty clear that Russ wants out of Houston, um, and we were talking about places that Russ could land. And I I for me as obviously I live in Michigan. Dre lives in Michigan. Uh, I would like to see the Pistons get Russ for solely entertainment purposes. I don't yeah. think he's going to win a championship here. No. Uh, but I would like to see something better than what we have. Right. So. We, in discussion, talked about a a potential Blake Griffin trade, and I told Dre, I don't think that Houston should want to do that, because Blake Griffin is a worse version of P.J. Tucker. He's not as consistent. Uh, I need you playing to repeat the, that. Okay. Uh, Blake Griffin is a worse version of P.J. Tucker. He plays worse defense. Blasphemy. He's a worse three-point shooter. Blasphemy. Uh, and I don't love his work ethic. That's what? me personally. But that's a but those other things are clear. Um, and I'm not even sure Blake Griffin's a better rebounder than PJ Tucker anyway. Wow. So I'll got, kick it off to you. Why? Us, why should? Three. Why should Houston? He's six three and still a better rebounder okay. than a six eleven guy. Okay. I mean, it, it, maybe I'm crazy. Yeah. But um, you are. He, to me, Blake Griffin has a, a little bit of the Andre Drummond syndrome. Wow. I'm super tall, but I'm not a dominant rebounder. Andre Drummond is a dominant rebounder. What the mm, heck are you talking okay. about? He, he averages like 14 rebounds a game. Cool. That's I don't wonderful. even like Andre Drummond. That's like, he's gone great. now. So, like, don't don't make me defend Andre Drummond, but don't. don't. Sell me on why Houston should want Blake Griffin. Okay. Okay. So, for one, you're, for you, it's absolute, in the words of Stephen A. Smith, Blasphemy for you to compare Blake Griffin to PJ Tucker in the same. It is. It is. It is because Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin. How how great of a of a defender is Blake Griffin? Okay, no, but he's not known for his. Okay, so number one, boom. That's check mark. That's player. That's check. You're using one aspect of his game. Right, and what I was just saying is that's one check mark for PJ Tucker. Okay? Okay, fine. Three pointers. Who shoots better three pointers? I would say when healthy, Blake does. Okay, well you're just wrong. Go ahead. Continue. Uh, better scorer, I'll say Blake Griffin. Better playmaker and uh, for his teammates, Blake Griffin. Uh, better post scorer, Blake Griffin. I would say Blake Griffin doesn't score in the post. Yes, he does. Oh, my God. oh no, he, no, no. Look, I'm not gonna lie. He, he shoots not. elbow shots and three pointers. Yes, that, he does. that's all he does. Yes, but he's also so the elbow is not the post. Can we be clear on that? It's based on what your team dynamic is. We also know. No, it's can. not. The okay. definition of a post scorer is scoring. In the block. Okay, Des, nowadays you don't see guys just post up all the time. That is even not the, that, Even the best post players, Joker takes freaking threes. That is not takes threes. what we are debating. What you just said to me was Blake is a better post scorer. What I told you was Blake scores shooting at the elbow, shooting threes. Yes. Okay, so that's not scoring in the post. 
Okay, this is based on the dynamic of the team. Yeah, I know it's not. We are literally talking about the huh. definition of a post score. Agree to He's not a post score. We agree to disagree. No, okay. we don't. Okay. You're just wrong on that. Fine, fine. If, if you're telling me that Blake scores on the block but to basket, then I will tell you, yes, Blake is a better and more proficient post scorer than P.J. Tucker. But he does not score his points that way. This, here's, my, here's my point Like with this. P.J. Tucker, how would you even know that P.J. Tucker doesn't score in a post because his only job is to stay in a freaking corner and shoot threes once Harden drives the ball? He doesn't post up. You're right. Blake Griffin doesn't post up either is what I'm telling you. Okay, fine. Okay, that, that, that's fair. I just You're talking about one guy who's 6'4 compared to one guy who's 6'10. I, agree. I understand that. But to me, that gives more credence to P.J. Tucker. It's because you're 6'4 and you're playing center against A.D., and playing good defense. I mean, look, I, I, I'm not, I'm not discrediting P.J. Tucker being a good player, um, being a tough guy, but I just think that you know, Blake Griffin is a number one on a bad team, and on a good team, he's a number three. No, I, I, let me scratch that. He's a number one on a really bad team. On a really good team, like the Lakers, he's a number three. Okay, he's a number three. P.J. Tucker would never be that ever in his career. That's the point. That's how I look at it. So maybe we just look at it totally different. That's how I look at it. I'm not even sure Blake's a three on on the Lakers. Really? Yes. So you would put Kuzma over Blake? It turns out you need a bucket. You get a ball to Kyle Kuzma. Yes. Okay, yeah, we disagree, disagree. Okay, but in in, in terms of why I think the Rockets don't make the move, that's really the question here. If you're the Rockets... Why should the why should the Rockets want Blake? Is the question. Why should the Rockets want Blake Griffin? Well, um, you understand that your star player wants to move. He does not want to be here. Okay, so now you have an incentive to trade him. You look at a team like the Pistons. And you look at Blake Griffin. They call you, say, "I'll offer you Blake for Russ." Here's all the reasons why you consider Russ. Oh, excuse me, you consider Blake. All right, we tried small ball. We tried having a much smaller lineup and shooting threes, driving kick, we saw that it can get us only to a certain point. So, we trade Russ. We don't really lose anything playmaking-wise because we have the ultimate playmaker, James Harden. We gain a guy who's bigger, who can, on paper, give us a little bit more versatility. Yes, he shoots more at this point in his career. He's not jumping and dunking over everybody like he used to. But he can shoot the three ball. He also can still be effective at times in the post. He gives us a different dynamic. Keyword different. Maybe not better. Maybe slightly worse. But a different dynamic than Russell Westbrook gives us. Different than what we had in the last year's playoffs. And maybe different is what you need. James Harden, for the most part, even before Chris Paul got there in 2000, I think 16 or 17, Got you to, I think, the West Conference Finals before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, he's that amazing. Oh, wait, hold on. You said Harden before Chris Paul got there? Before Chris Paul got there. They were really good. Um, I had to check. Chris Paul got there in 2017, I want to say, or 16. And they they got to when This is when Kevin McHale was a head coach. 2000, I think James Harden got there in 14. He got there in 14. So, 14, 15, 16. I'm pretty sure they got to the Western Conference Finals. Check the Houston Rockets uh, the last couple of years. We're, right now, people were actively doing some research 
literally on the fly because I want to see. So Chris Paul got there in 2017. So we're looking at 14 to 16. I'm pretty sure they got to the Western Conference Finals. They lost to the uh, lost to the Warriors. So we're actively checking that this out. Season. What do you say? So fifteen. Yeah, lost in the first round. <laughs> lost in the so fifteen. Lost in the first round. Sixteen. They lost in the semifinals, and then two thousand seventeen. But that's with Chris Paul, isn't it? Yep. Okay. So fifteen. Lost first round. Uh, the next year before Chris Paul got there, lost in the second round. Um, my point is that James Harden can get there to a certain point. Look, they lost in the second round this past off past playoffs. All right. So James Harden has done it by himself. So, Russ didn't really make them better. Chris Paul made them better. But Russ didn't necessarily make them better in terms of the end result. He just changed the dynamic. Blake Griffin gives you a different dynamic. Change it up. See if it helps you get over the hump. I just don't, like, James Harden is not the type to, like, when is when is Blake Griffin going to get an elbow jumper off, like, in this offense? Like, I, I get it. There's a, there's a different a head coach. But like, if that's one of his bread and butter, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like, when it, when it, what, what time in the game are we gonna run a play that Blake gets an elbow jumper off? Like, that's never gonna happen. Maybe when James Harden's on the bench. Duh, I, do you feel good about that? I mean, if you're. No, I mean, you always want your best player on the floor. No, so I don't feel good about it, but it well, just gives the, you a different dynamic. The thing is, like, James Harden doesn't sit that much. So if you're if you're telling me the 10 minutes in the game that Harden is sitting, that Blake's got a green light during that 10 minutes, like, I don't want, I don't want that. that I, it, that's just not enough. That's not enough to trade away Russ, who is, and I get it. Like, it, it doesn't seem like a perfect marriage with, Russ and Harden, like, but it just—it's sexy. Look, they're, to they're me, it, it's just—it's just more. It's—I don't know. I just if feel the like the goal you're more is to win a championship. I'm not saying that this is a slam dunk. I'm if just, the goal is to win a championship, there is no makeup where all these guys are involved. Right? No, absolutely. I'm just saying that. Look, you're going to put butts in the seats, whether Russ is there or not, because you have James Harden. So yeah, right. th- that's fine. Yes, it's not a problem. Yeah, but if you're trying to get better. No, Blake probably doesn't make you better. But he gives you something different. You roll the dice, you see how it works out. But like you're in terms of the end result, you're not any closer with a championship keeping Russ than you are if you trade Russ for a guy like Blake. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, you get a point there. All right, so it, it's look, it's not a great situation. Houston made this bet. Honestly, if Houston was like has some cojones and they were willing to take a step back and redo this thing because they realized that the end goal is not going to happen, they should trade both their, their butts, honestly. Yeah. Trade both their butts and really retool this thing. But it's kind of hard because based on how because how monstrous both individual contracts is that you're not going to trade for all young prospects. Yeah. They're going to take on bad contracts back. That's part of the problem. Like if you were to trade one of those guys to the Warriors, but the Warriors don't want either guy because they would totally disrupt their yeah. chemistry – you'll have to take Andrew Wiggins back. You know, if you was to trade um if you're Harden, if you are if you're the Warriors, let's say unless you Russ. trade with the Sixers, you got one of their pieces. Like unless you got Embiid or Simmons, then yeah, you can rebuild that way. Let's say let's say you're the Warriors and you and Houston calls you said, We want to trade Russ, give you Ah, that's just that's it, still there's, no, work. There's, there's no reason why the Warriors neither player it, if, it I, if I'm the Warriors, 
I am I am good taking James Wiseman number two in the draft. Oh, dude, you I have, am fine. Dude, I don't Warriors, I don't understand this this narrative that that like oh, the Warriors trade. need to trade they him. I'm like need to do he's a rim protector. I'm like and he's a big man who can run the floor. Why would you want to trade that? They uh, don't have that now. unless unless there is a team in a situation. Let's say like the Sixers, which they're not going to do it, right? Unless you use a team situation that it's a bad team that has a good player, and that good player so happens to have a dynamic that you do not have. That's the only reason why the Warriors will make that trade. But that's the thing, too. Like, Embiid. Like, Joel Embiid doesn't make the, the give Warriors example. dominant i give you an example. If you think Mitch Robinson, who is a one center for the, the Knicks, who a lot of people like, you know, it's a really good rim protector. No, scratch that. Let's say a team like the Utah Jazz. Okay. Let, let's say the Utah Jazz, look, you know what? We're good. I don't think we need to build around Rudy Gobert. We need to build around Donovan Mitchell. We can definitely go and definitely we have his bird rights. We're going to sign him to at least another three to four years before he's going to be a free agent. Let's take a step back with Donovan. We got Conley. Conley's contract is up at the end of this upcoming season. Let's trade. Let's get the number one. Let's get the second pick. We're already paying Rudy Gobert $27 million a year. Let's get that contract off our books. Let's see if we can get maybe a potential replacement in James Wiseman. And then if you're the Warriors, Rudy Gobert brings you a dynamic. He, I mean, he, he brings uh, uh, Andrew incredible. Bogut back. A, a better Andrew Bogut. Yeah. Right. Which but, is, but but that that dynamic was big for them, and you know what I but mean. But that makes sense. If it was the Warriors, if the, if the Jazz called you, like, look, you know what? We're yeah, look, I can live with that. Yeah, I'm, we're looking to, you know, we want the second pick. We're but do you, but uh, but is there is there a part of? So if the Warriors at this point, they've probably done a lot of scouting on Wiseman. I. I, I just I, I, I just don't. Saying, I, but you said if you're the Warriors, why right. don't you trade out of it? I'm like, look, if their team, if they offer you Rudy Gobert, it has to be the right situation. It has to be a good player on a team that's not in a position to win a championship. And they're like, you know what? We realize that the trajectory of our franchise is, is not going towards winning. The Utah Jazz is not winning a championship. They'll be good. But if but I'm the, if I'm the mix, Jazz, I feel like maybe that that if, if there's no window, just for me. If I'm the Jazz or whatever, let's say I'm the Warriors. That to me, that trade, although I do get Gobert, who is a a defensive player of the year candidate, and honestly, am I am I sure Wiseman won't be that soon? Because because here here's a couple things. Number one, I don't think I need Gobert to. I, I don't think I need a defensive player of the year candidate in the middle to win a championship next year. I don't think I need that. No, and no. offensively, can Wiseman bring me more than what Gobert can? But you're taking the kid, but there's so much unknown. Even if you scouted him, there's so much unknown with Wiseman. He's 19 years old. Mm-hmm. He didn't play a lot of college ball. He's a he's a big question mark. And if you're the Warriors and you're in a win-now scenario where you have a window of maybe another two or three years because you have your best players are shooters, so a little bit longer than the typical athletic wings. Mm-hmm. You think, okay, be another two years of a window to win more championships to add on the three that we already have. You want to get a – you if you think, okay, I can get a guy like Robert, Gobert. My, mind you, if they were to get a guy like Gobert, they'd probably have to train Andrew Wiggins to make the contracts work because he, he's mm-hmm. making $27 million yeah, now. So you got to make the contracts work. I don't think they're going to miss Wiggins. So you're going to have let, – let's say this hypothetical scenario, you have Steph, Clay, Draymond Green, and Rudy Gobert. That's championship material right there. 
That is championship. Because Harrison Barnes, that you say, oh, why don't I have a three now? Yeah, oh, I'm a small four nah, now. I ain't too worried about you, that. You, you can plug and play. But here's, here's here, if I am the GM and my job, even if my job is secure or not secure, the, my my thing would be is if if my window's only two to three years, no, I think that more so points to the fact that I need to draft Wiseman. Because I, be, it, but here's the thing, because I need so so in three years, right? LeBron, number one, LeBron James isn't going anywhere. Clippers aren't going anywhere. Mm-hmm. The Jazz aren't going anywhere. Mm-hmm. I need something that if I don't win a championship in that window. That after that three year, we got to win now. Period. I don't. It, so you're telling me I don't have anything to build around after that. You, like there's no future plan. But, but that's not when, when you're franchising. But when you've are, when you've won multiple championships as a GM, you do think like that. You do think like that. Yeah, we've seen the Bulls do it. Jerry Krause. Because it's just like, well, I, I've kind of already done it. Like, you know, like, like you mentioned, when you Jerry, done Jerry it, Krause. You're like, well, I need to get right. it done. Right. If you're telling me that I haven't won a championship as a GM and I got to I gotta get my first one yeah, to you, really solidify myself, going I'm going all in on right. Rudy but Gobert and, and Russ. Right. But for them, it's just like, because the thing is, is I'm like, yeah, if you're, if you're saying the Warriors as constructed – uh, plus James Wiseman are a 90 overall. Let's talk about NBA 2K. Yeah, they're not a favorite at all, but they're in the mix. Right. Let's say we're a 90 and with it, in trading, you know, th- those pieces, so Wiggins and the number two pick, and right. I get Gobert. Say I'm a 92. That that difference isn't big enough for me to just jump and be like, you know what? Yeah, let's do it. You know what I mean? Like, cause it's a, because in three to four years, Maybe I'm a 95. I don't know. You know what I mean? Because I, I think Wiseman is going to be really good. But yeah, but it's going to take us some time. But honestly, dude, I, 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 would dis- I would disagree with you. Wow, Wake Forest is absolutely destroying Ooh. North Carolina. Shocker. Yeah. Um, but um, I think Rudy Gobert makes the Warriors like a 97. And here's what I mean by that. You already have a defensive player of the year guy in Draymond Green. You add a guy like Rudy Gobert... And, um, you know, you're talking about having an incredible post defense and amazing guard play. That is such a incredible and abnormal situation around the league. I mean, if you're looking about, if you look at comparisons uh, about teams who may be better than you, you look at the Lakers, right? Okay, think about this. The Lakers don't have the guard play that the Warriors have. Not even close. You're talking about two Hall of Famers compared to average guys? Yeah, not even close. You know, look at the Rockets. You know, yeah, they may have two guards currently stated who are comparable to who you have, but they don't have the big man do you have. They don't have Draymond and Gobert in this situation. Not even close. Look at a team like the Clippers. Yeah, they may have the wings, you know, and Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, but they don't have the big man do you have. The Warriors will have an extremely unique situation in which they have a dynamic that nobody in the league has. I think, if anything, the Warriors jump directly to the favors if they made a trade like that because of the, the dynamic that they bring to their team. So, I, I don't know. Like you're, you're talk, if you're the Warriors GM and ownership, if you made a trade like that, you're trying to create a dynasty, something that is remembered forever, in which you go for two Three championship runs in a row. Just saying. But does that make you so okay? So you you we'll go with your scenario. I have Gobert, but does that 
Do you have that guy who can guard number one LeBron James? He doesn't have to. Who, who, someone someone Clay, has to. Clay's going to guard LeBron. Okay, so with Clay guarding LeBron and Gobert on on AD or Draymond or Draymond on AD, do you feel do you feel like you're in a plus situation? Yes, absolutely. Because who who in the Lakers going to guard Steph? Who in the Lakers going to guard Clay? Well, I mean, but well, number one, Steph and Clay is going to be Avery Bradley and Danny Green. Because because we right don't treat it like the bubble Lakers treat it like the normal Lakers yeah and yeah, yeah Steph will cook both of them I mean I, cook let me tell you something about the Warriors I mean, like, but we're, as but a we're also saying fan, now Lakers fan I am a LeBron fan yeah right that's clear we're we're aware I think everybody knows that right I have a legit fear of the Warriors this year I'm telling you. The Warriors, Steph and Clay are coming with some vengeance. The Splash Bros are coming for the league. Everybody forgot about them, and they about to show out. But, out. And, and so, a couple things. Number one, I, I there's never a, a player you're gonna put on Steph and be like, "Yeah, we feel great about that." Like yeah, because cooked. he's just movement. Like he <laughs> he's just he, he he's, he's unique of any other point guard. Right. Like literally any other point guard. Yeah. But number two. To me, that is more reason to draft James Wiseman because he's not going to have to be lean. If if what you just said is true, where Steph and Clay are going to be on an absolute tear, what better situation to get a young 19-year-old big man to where you're not going to have to do a lot, but you're going to be around a winning culture, you're going to be around success, you're going to be you're going to see Steph and Clay guys who are consummate professionals doing it every single day. Like fun? that's a that's a Can we have fun for a second? Sure. Is there, <laughs> what is? Can I fall for a second? Is there any? If you is there any trade that's realistic that can get Giannis to go and stay? No. Why? Would, I, I guess for me, why would he? Why would a couple if, things? If the Bucks, why I, would Golden State want to get Giannis on the team? He's a he's a great do you player. Want to re-say, do you want to re-say that? What are you going to give up to get Giannis? That's oh, that. Well, I guess yeah, that's a better. The problem question. is the Warriors will gladly take Giannis. I think the the, the problem would be well, what if you're Milwaukee? Would you take back that would maybe even consider? Oh, it'd be it. easy. So Give me second, Steph Clay and number two. No, and you're not gonna do you that. Would, you would have to get one splash bro up. Maybe if you gave up. And which, if you're Steph, if you are the GM of this, the I rather keep Steph than Clay. You ain't keeping either one of them. Yeah, sorry, you're not trading either one of them. Why? Why? I wouldn't. I'm saying if you see that they, they, they're a tandem, they got to stay together. But I'm, I'm just I feel like point. I thought this was going to go in a different. I don't even know where. Did, this isn't so, that fun. Okay. I'm this isn't saying, that fun because nothing's going to ha- No. Because you have to. You that's If I'm Milwaukee, the if I'm pick, the GM of the Milwaukee I give you the Bucks. second pick, I give you Andrew Wiggins. I give you Draymond for Giannis. It's not equal equivalent. Hell no. No, I thought so. Okay. You need to that give me if you're mind. gonna give me that. I also would need uh, Steph or Clay. If you the Bucks, okay, you lose Giannis, which is everything, but you still have Chris Middleton, who was an All Star. You still have yeah, he's an All Star, but he doesn't play like that in the playoffs. But <laughs> yeah. continue. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, Chris Middleton. You have Eric Bledsoe. You, you, you'll get Draymond. You'll get. The second pick, wherever you decide to go, based on who's available, it could be Lamelo. Possibly, it could be Anthony. It ain't Edwards. gonna be Lamelo. Lamelo's going number one. It could be number oh, fine, but I'm still, it's still possible. It could be Lamelo. It could be Anthony Edwards. It could be James Wiseman. It could be whatever you want to do. It could be a guard. Nah, a that guy. ain't enough. 
fine. That ain't and also you get uh, who's the other guy I said? You said Draymond Wiggins. In the second also pick, ain't enough. No, it's a no. not enough for Giannis. Not pick. even close. I'm hanging up the phone. It, that's not even. A, I'll call you back. I'm hanging up. Nope. Okay. Nope. I, I if I if I'm the get... Bucks GM, that's that is the phone call. Both Splash Brothers and a and the number two. Does I know we decided to talk about Russ and the Pistons. I think we both agree. We agree to disagree that you know, of course, the Pistons would love to have Russ, but the Rockets, the Pistons don't have enough to get Russ. If no. you if you are the Rockets GM, but now if we look at um. If we if we if we look at like the league overall, right? If I ask you this, Milwaukee, two thousand twenty-two is Milwaukee's home opener. Is Giannis in the starting lineup? I say yes. I think I think he's just different. I I don't think he's like one of these other guys like super max. Like I I just I I do. I think he like is. I'm different. going for the best possible scenario. Like I, you think he's a different kind of guy? Uh, yeah, I think I, I. don't think he's just like I've just been waiting to get out of my deal to go to a big market. Like I think he is truly different, and I think he loves that city. And obviously, this is my speculation with having zero sources, not none of that. Right. But I, just from seeing what I have seen from him, like I, I, I feel that way. I feel he's. Just different. Like, no, I want to do... I, I'm different. Like, I think I can bring a title here. So you think he'd rather go down with the ship than... I think he's a dame. I think he's a dame. I would rather I would rather fight till the wheels fall off here than I would go somewhere else and have an easier path to it. I, I, that's, I feel, I feel it strongly easy, that way. Here's what I hate when people do this. Is it an easier path or is it your path? You're creating your own path. See, I, I think we get convoluted. You say that because you're a LeBron guy. LeBron went to Miami. The path was easier. You're probably right. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're probably. I just get so like, it, like it just don't it like cringe. Easier path? Is it easier or is it? Because yeah, look, here, LeBron was number one. The easier path. Oh my path. gosh! See, the fact that you're raising your voice lets me know that I'm right. Number one. So here's the thing, right? So LeBron leaves Cleveland, goes to Miami. Yes. Is Cleveland better or worse? Well, absolutely worse. Do you remember what Cleveland's seeding was in the Eastern Conference fi- playoffs? I really don't, to be 100% honest. They were number honest. one or number two in that 2010. I okay. think they were number one. Okay, number one. Chris Bosh left from Toronto, went to Miami. Was Toronto better or worse? Worse. Do you remember their seed? And I'm also asking this. Uh, you don't think they did? That year, I don't think so. 2010? Okay, nonetheless. But they're, but they're still a worse team. Yeah, because so, they drafted DeMar DeRozan that offseason. Two teams got worse, and Miami got exponentially better. So, I, I mean, easier, like, okay, KD's choice was easier. LeBron's choice wasn't an easier path. It was a, a his own path. Okay, you can, yeah. see, here, here is where the term agree to disagree comes in. Not, yeah. not when someone is wrong and someone's right. Can you compare, look. Put it, comment, please comment. Ask this question for me, people. Is P.J. Tucker an objectively better player than Blake Griffin? I so say. So he just disregarded everything we just talked about. I say, oh my hell gosh. no. And, and this, that is Dez's point that P.J. Tucker is an objectively it's a, it's better player than It's literally a 3 and D league. Guys are getting max contracts because they can shoot a Dez, 3 please, and play you, D. You're trying to sell the people on a false narrative, okay? 
Oh, got you. you're right. It's not a three and D league. It's three and D. Guy, guys that make mid range uh, shots are are the the max contract guys. PJ Tucker right. is the guy that's right. barely in the league. He found a great situation in He's Houston. He's barely in the league. He found a situation in which a team like plays small ball. If Houston cuts him today, does he not have a job? Maybe not. You. No, no, no. On the it, bench? It's not maybe. He's not starting for anybody else. He Play comes it. off the bench with Houston. Yes, yeah, true. No, he starts at the, at the, at the five. Because a small ball, he starts. So, if P.J. Tucker gets cut today, you're telling me he will not have a job. He will have a job. He won't start. For most of the teams. Okay, so what did he's you just slow, say? He's too slow to play a wing. You, you literally just said that... He's fortunate that he's with Houston because otherwise he wouldn't have a job. Yes, and apparently I saw our, our right. No, no, stop. So you said yes, but then I just asked you if he got cut, would he have a job? You said he would. He'd be a bench player, but he'd have a job in the NBA. Uh, let me ask you this question: Do you and I have a job in the NBA? No. Okay then. So PJ, so. What what's a, what is this narrative that PJ Tucker is going to be just a normal guy walking down the street if he doesn't play for Houston? Because I think he found like I, I think he found a good. Situation. We can both agree on that, but the fact is he's an NBA player. You're oh, making yeah. it seem as if he's oh, not. No, 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 you no, just no, said he wouldn't no, have no, a job no, if no, he no, didn't no, go to Houston. My mindset, my mindset is that we're we're comparing him to Blake, and I'm like, dude, that's he's not fine. Even, but don't say that Blake he's shorts. not going to have a job just because he didn't land in Houston, Texas. Okay, fine. So, I think we're over the 15-minute to two-minute drill. But I didn't know this was a two-minute drill. If this is not a two-minute drill, forget that I just said that. Let's go right to football. Yeah, forget you said that. Forget that. Forget that. Scratch that. We're live. We're live. We're rolling. We're rolling right now. So, football. Mm -hmm. College football. So, look. I don't like crushing Michigan. Let Let me explain this to the people out there. For the for the people in the back, who, break it down to them. Break it down. Who may think that man? I think that people. Like this Dre guy, he's got a beard. You know, he says he likes Michigan, but, but it's it, negative. Uh, I don't like this. Okay, like I I wish I could come to you guys, you know, through the mic and speak positivity. I did it after week one, um, and say that you know this. Program the University of Michigan under Jim Harbaugh is going the right direction. That we one day will be playing in Indy and maybe dare I say playing after New Year's Eve or on New Year's Eve Day or New Year's Day, whenever the college football playoff goes. Because I don't know, I'm only a spectator <laughs> on those days. And um, obviously, I will let Des kind of take off for a second because. We're live, and it's okay to admit when you gotta check certain things out. Pizza's here. It could be. I think. I think we just ordered pizza, and people gotta understand that. Hey, we're flowing right now. So it is what it is. So the pizza just got here. I'm gonna keep going while Des gets the pizza. That's fun. That's how you know you. We know we're real. That's how you know that we just the average Joes because we're getting pizza in the middle of our recording. Anyway, so. The problem is that I give you what you give me. I I give Michigan the same energy and the same results they give me. And I think you should too. I don't buy into the hype. I don't care about the the hopes and maybes. Not six years in. So let me explain to you. So let me, I hope that it's explaining to you why I am the way I am. So when you ask me, well, Dre, what do you think about tonight, Wisconsin versus Michigan? Well, I'll tell you. Look, 
given the cer- – I don't think Michigan's a good program. I don't think we're playing good football. I think Jim Harbaugh has lost a pause to the program. I think he's lost his juice, which is one of the worst things you could be as a coach, especially when your program is trying to build its way up. When you don't have any juice, you can't get guys to run through a wall for you. That's a dead end. But uh, one thing I will uh, pause you on is it's not as if Michigan is 500 every year. Like, I, I just want to keep this in perspective. Like, it's not as if you're like a team that's going six and five every year. Like, I, and I understand. I, I agree with everything you're saying, but this is a different tone if Michigan is 500 versus, you know, nine, ten wins. Like, it, it, it just is. I, I just want to plug well, that. Well, I think part of the problem for me is that, um, it's the embarrassing performances. Cause here's the thing. I agree. You know when it, you're, but see, but and <laughs> I sound like I'm defending Harbaugh, and I'm not. But the thing is, is is you don't have embarrassing performances if you never have any expectation. Like that kind of comes with the territory. But look, I, I I'm an Alabama fan. It's it's clear. I've lost to Ole Miss. We've lost to Texas A&M. We've lost to LSU. Like, we've lost to yeah, teams. you lost to a Heisman Trophy winner in Johnny Manziel. I'm sure that's so embarrassing. It, it, it is. It God. is. We should have we beat the crap out of Texas A&M. They Johnny suck. Johnny Manziel was easily, if they're, like, the And they still lost three games. Was best player in college football. And they still lost three games. Okay. I'm just they, saying. They, that's, that's I, don't, I don't think people were, embar- were, were trash you guys for that game. I don't I, think they were trashing us, but it was still embarrassing nonetheless. Sure. Okay, fine. You know? Yeah, I get and that's all, that's all I'm saying. Okay. I'm just, I mean, I, I get the old Miss. I just think Texas a and Johnny was just balling. So, Continue. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I, I just... And I get what you're saying, Des. Like, no, it hasn't been a total disaster in terms of, like, the records. No, they're not 5-7. and seven, They're not 6-6. Six and six. Mm-hmm. But it's like... If you look at Harbaugh as stabilizing the Michigan program from being, if you look at the Har, excuse me, the Hulk and the Rich Rod era as an embarrassment, you have in seasons where you're below five hundred, five and seven. You have actually, I think uh, Rich Rod went three and nine one year. Um, like you have an, <laughs> wow, abs- that's hard to do. I know you, you have an absolute historically like bad seasons at Michigan. Harbaugh just stabilizing it makes it look better. When I say stabilizing, if you're just a solid coach at the University of Michigan, you should get at least eight to eight wins a year. At least eight. Mm-hmm. Okay? And the reason why I say that is because your first four games of the season there are non-conference are normally gimmies. Yep. Usually either bad Power 5 conference team or some, you know, F. CS team, yes. Which Alabama does the same thing. You're going like, to so I, I, you're I'm going gonna... to October undefeated at four and zero. Okay, so if you look at okay, if eight nine ones is a good barometer, okay, well you're halfway there. So now mm-hmm. if you think that if you look at okay, if if your toughest opponents left on the season is like a Penn State, or Wisconsin, and uh, uh, a Penn State, Wisconsin, MSU, Ohio State, well. You know, those could be four losses right there. So you're four and four. That means all you gotta do is go. You know, if you win one of those, then you you, you those are three losses. Then the rest of those teams you're objectively better than. And then you beat a Purdue or Rutgers or and, you know Illinois, I mean? Illinois. And then there you go. You get nine and three. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? In four, yeah. nine and three. It doesn't take a great coach, even a really good coach, to do that at Michigan. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Just based on how things are set up to you, the resources you have, yeah, the, set up for yeah. year to year. Mm-hmm. So, but that's not what you paid for, right? So. When you put that into perspective and you look at that context, that's why this has been such a, a huge failure because you have beat the teams you're supposed to be, um, except for this year. 
You beat the teams you're supposed to beat. But it's not so much that you're losing against the opponents who are as good or better than you, but you don't even like you belong on the same field. That's the problem. You're, you're, it's, when you're going to Wisconsin and they're literally shoving the ball down your throat, <laughs> you know what they're going to do. Yeah, They're going no, to run no the side. ball. And they are doing it at will. That is a problem. <laughs> when you're showing up against Ohio State, everybody knows that on most years you're not as good as Ohio State. But you're not a 40-point, 30-point differential inferior team to Ohio State. Right. But when that is happening to you, there is a problem. That is a problem. Mm-hmm. It's not that I think a rational Michigan fan should expect to, if you look at a four-year each class, a four-year time frame that you're winning three out of four. No, that's not realistic. I'll even say two out of four is a stretch. But one out of four? Auburn has done to Alabama countless times, and Alabama is an objectively way better program than Auburn is. And, and, and think about it this way. Alabama's won more national championships than Ohio State has won since since Ohio State has won one. Mm-hmm. So they won one in 2014, 2015. Right. right. Like in the in the five years since then, we've won more national championships than that. And and Auburn has still managed to s- steal some wins out. Even of that. the games that they don't win, they're 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 battling with yes. you guys. Like yes. it, it's a dog fight to get off that game. This, this is this is the the point differential between Michigan and Ohio State is an anomaly. It it, it because make sense. because it really doesn't. It really doesn't because, because there there are you and people can say that there's a talent gap. I'm like it's not that big. No, it, it might be there might it be a be, talent it, gap, it, but it can't it's not be that it big. can't be a wider gap than Auburn and Alabama. I'm Mm-mm. sorry, Mm-mm. you don't see Auburn getting top ten. Draft I agree. Recru- you don't I see agree. Auburn getting top ten recruiting classes, and that is a great point. Yeah, that's a great point. Like you yes. don't see that. No, it's no, not. Yeah. It's not big. The talent gap isn't bigger than that. No, I mean it, like. Yeah, Alabama's getting top five, top three every year. Fine. But Auburn's not getting top ten or maybe right. top fifteen. But that's probably because if of geographical that. Yeah, if that that's only because of geographic geographically where they are. But the whole point is that in terms of the gap, this is not wider than Michigan Ohio State no, is. It's not. So I don't want to hear that. You're being out coached. Yeah, you're being out You're being out coached, out prepared. Yeah. That that's the, the bottom line. The difference is is that when it gets to that game. I know you hate the war, the war Eagles, but those guys like I don't give a damn who what Alabama season is like. We believe that we're better than them. Mm-hmm. We can beat them. I'll be damned if we lose to those guys on Crimson Tide. Mm-hmm. And that's how they approach it. No matter if it's Chisholm or whoever or or, or uh, who was that coach before Chisholm uh, or after Chisholm? Is it Chisholm? It's Malzahn. Malzahn. Yeah, he came after. It don't matter who it is. We will not bend and break against them. Mm-hmm. And who and what coach doesn't love the underdog? Like to be able to to play the underdog yeah. card. What coach doesn't love that? Like every single coach would love to be the underdog. Like yes, I because that's something else that you can motivate your team yeah. with. It's like look, everybody's counting you out. Look at and you know and there's some coaches that state, talk about look, Vegas this and all that. School and our own home state is known as the dynasty. They are the dime. Everybody loves and kisses their their feet and their butt. Mm-hmm. Everybody loves them. Yep. In our own home state, look, we on the same field today. Mm-hmm. We don't care who you are, and everybody in those blue, whatever I don't know, is it blue? Whatever color Auburn is, like they like. Look, we hear the battle, but you don't see that on Saturdays 
on well, this year's December 12th, but most years, I think it's November 21st, 28th, the last Saturday in mm-hmm. the November. November. Yep. Every year, you do not see Michigan hanging in those games. And that falls directly on the head coach. Yeah. You got to get Hulk, ready to go. Hoke. I've seen Brady Hoke with a Michigan team that was five and, uh, no, six and five, came within an inch of beating an undefeated Ohio State team that had national title aspirations with Urban Meyer. I see them rise to the occasion. That's 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 tough. That's how it's it should be. Because, that's the whole point of a rival. Right. Because, look, there's been times where Saban has been just absolutely outdone by Urban Meyer. Like, he is, like, what the cream of the crop as far as the elite coaches go. Yeah. Like, so the fact that... Even in one game, like I, I think a boom that, that Brady Hoke that comes that that shows the chance what can happen in a just and just on one Saturday. Like yeah. if you look at Urban Meyer's resume and Brady Hoke's resume, resume it's not even close, dude. Like, but at the Brady same Hulk time, Brady Hoke has got a head coach job since, okay? and there's a reason. <laughs> but the but the thing is, is it's like on a in a rivalry Saturday, like anything can happen. Yeah. But yet, none of that has happened for Harbaugh. No. Like, and there's a reason. Because I don't, I don't, I just don't feel like you guys have the intensity uh, about that game that Ohio State does. Yeah. I, I feel like they treat it in the in the part that's wild did to me. Did you see this? Did you see the video that Colin and 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 Clatt, and they kind of talked about? I, 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 wait a minute. No, actually, I take it back. It was a mis- it, it, it was the. the a, you know, Michigan podcast who we also listen to. Yes, you know, we do. And give a lot of credit to uh, Steve. Dan- is it Steve Dance? Dace. 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 Yeah, does a great job. <clears throat> he does. And you know, he was talking with uh, Rogers. I can't think of the guy's first. Mark Rogers. Mark yep. Rogers. The voice of college football. Yeah, and they made a really good point about like how you know the differential between um, uh, the, the 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 mindset of Michigan football players, Ohio State football players, and Michigan football players lately have had more just pro mindset. The me, me, me attitude. But Ohio State guys who are really objectively more talented, but yet to see a lot more in in terms of their program. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Yes. And I do think there's some some credence to that. Like, it, it's Ohio, anybody who goes to play at Ohio State, and you saw it right away. As soon as the Big Ten was back on board, Sean Wade and a lot of Ohio State players like, we're in. Oh, yeah, I'm back. There's no hesitation. Because... Yeah, I may be a great player individually, but there is a there, there's like this culture. They have a great culture. Mm-hmm. It's not just they have excellent recruiting. Mm-hmm. They have excellent player development, but they also have a culture in which guys want to play there and yeah. they want to dominate there and they want to win there. Because, they want their and, own legacy. Yes, and you and you have a good point about that because for me, like so preseason before any games were played, Michigan and Ohio State had the same shot of winning a national championship. Right? right? No one is. No one is 1-0 or 0-1, anything like that. So, for Sean Wade and the other guys who opted out at Ohio State, those guys all, in, in if I'm wrong, someone can correct me as I'm sure they will, uh, all of them opted back in. But for Michigan, they had some guys opt out early, but not all of those guys opted back in. Some of the, some of the guys stayed, opted out. Nico Collins, Ambry Thomas, like some of them... All, you know, got, we're like, yeah, no, no, I'm not going to come back. And I think that does speak to the culture, whereas the Ohio State guys were like, yeah, no, I'm coming back. I'm trying to 
win a national championship. I'm trying to beat Michigan again, win a Big Ten title. Whereas some of the Michigan guys were like, no, yeah. I'm just trying to I'm go out. to the league. I'm not. I'm, no, I'm good. I'm just, good. Just a culture there. And I, and I, and I get it because Nico Collins had spoke, and I'm not sure what podcast he was on, but he did speak. He was like, it, it was kind of all over. And I agree. It was all over. Like, but, but nonetheless, like there was, a, there was a line. There was a time where it was like, all right, boom. The line has been drawn. We're playing football. It's going to be a little weird, a little different, but we're playing football. Like, so there was a time where it was like they were calling it. Like, yeah, no, we're 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 gonna play. Yeah, I I, I think part of it it's it's just a culture, man. It, mm-hmm. it, it's like a culture that you know when you get to that when you get to that campus, it's like, no, I want to win a title. I want to win a Big Ten title. I want to beat Michigan, that team up north, and I, I want to possibly win a national title. And you see that all the time. Um, and I, I think that's part of the reason why Michigan has been able to to dominate. All this time, not Michigan, excuse me, Ohio State's been able to dominate all this time. Um, and I, I just, it's incredible that you see that difference. You know, you see one team, one school that prides itself on the team, the team, the team, you know, the whole rhetoric by, not rhetoric, it's probably a little bit uh, not fair to Bo Schimbeckler, but the whole mantra of Bo Schimbeckler and, the, and the, 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 the brand he put on Michigan football, that it's all about Michigan. It's all about the betterment of the team. So everybody's all in, essentially. And you don't really see that on the Harbaugh, who is supposed to be Bo's, uh, you know, second coming. He's supposed to be Bo's uh, protege, if you will. And you've never really seen that here. Um, and I don't know if that's because the way Harbaugh talks in his meetings. I don't know if it's because the way Harbaugh projects himself. I don't know. But for some reason he hasn't been able to instill that attitude at Michigan. And I do believe it has a lot to do with the final results you see on that game, the game, you know, on Saturdays in November. And uh, I just, you know, we kind of went off the, the trails here. But if you bring me back to this upcoming, well, we're recording this on Saturday, so tonight at 730. Um, Basically, even though I say everything I said about Michigan, I am picking them to win, only because of the the incredible difficulty that Wisconsin has had the last couple of weeks. Look, if you would ask me this, Des, on week one, after week one, so Minnesota had a Michigan had a really good game against Minnesota. Wisconsin dominated Illinois. I would have said in Michigan because we thought Minnesota was an objectively better team than Illinois. However, Basically, everything that I've seen from Michigan and everything I know about Wisconsin at the one game, I believe Wisconsin is the better team. But after that week one win versus Illinois, Illinois is a trash team. Wisconsin loses their starting quarterback, their head coach, to COVID. That's aggressive. They haven't played in two weeks. They're all over the place. Graham Merch is just getting back to practicing. He's still a true freshman. That's a lot to ask for your team. And we really don't know who's all playing tonight. As bad as Michigan has played the last couple weeks, as crazy as it sounds, they have the more stable situation. So, based on that, I got to go with Michigan. I don't do it happily. I don't do it confidently. That's how bad Michigan has been the last two weeks. But, they are more stable right now. If this was two weeks from now and Wisconsin got in a couple games, I would, without a hesitation, home or away, 
pick Wisconsin. But based on how things have been up in the air versus Wisconsin, I got to go with Michigan. Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, you make some great points. I My thing is, is the way that Wisconsin looked prepared in week one. They looked like they were ready to go uh, week one. Paul Chris is a better coach than Harbaugh. Just, I, just saying. I mean, I would agree. It, you know, I saw a stat that he's won more games in his first four years than Harbaugh did in in his first five, mm-hmm. and 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 I I don't think it was more, but it was very close. But Paul Chris is is like you can pencil in eleven to twelve wins uh, for that team every year. Um, unfortunately, I just don't think they can get over that hump of of winning the the Big Ten. But um, yeah, no, I I think with Graham Mertz. He may not have been able to uh, to practice the entire two weeks, but I I, I mean I, I think that the pass catchers I think I I just think the confidence is low with Michigan players right now. Like I just think that and that that is a big deal, um, and I I just don't think that they are at the point right now where they are confident enough to go into a game like this and and win. Um, you know Joe Milton is is. You know, had a, a a bit of an up and down game. You know, at, at this point, he's probably going into the game thinking, "I'm not the best quarterback in this game." You've got corners who have, have low to no confidence. Like, I just don't think, I don't think Michigan's going to be able to to pull this one out. And and very well, I, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. It could Look, come out and Michigan win thirty to ten, and I'd be like, you know, I heard you say it yourself. That's the said to some people that look, maybe Michigan just need to play on ABC up on prime time. Maybe, prime time. That might that might be it. Maybe that's it. Like, yo, we just got to play. Maybe they prime come time. up tonight and they look dominant. You're like, where has this been the last couple weeks? Just pencil Michigan in every single week. 7.30 primetime game, you'd you'd win out. Hell, maybe they need to play that, play Ohio State on primetime on Saturdays. Maybe that's a problem. Maybe they put you early in the day. That, I, I agree. I agree. If you if you have the Ohio State-Michigan game at 7.30, that, that's what you were missing. Maybe, that's maybe what you're problem. missing. Maybe that's a problem. Maybe, maybe it's a little too early for them. They haven't woken up enough. Maybe Ohio State guys are better morning players than them. You know, they get to, they wake up. Because you're playing at 12, dude. You got to wake up at least at 8, 7. Yes, you, you need breakfast. if you play at twelve, you need a you. They play you've gotta, right at twelve, by the way. You've got to meet at eight a.m. for breakfast at like eight thirty. Like that's a that's a that's a. We played. I think uh, I think we were the twelve or one o'clock kickoff. So we we met at eight. So you probably need to meet at seven. Yeah. So maybe the game is too early for Michigan. Like maybe if it's at seven thirty, like guys get to wake up, they get to realize, hey, we're actually playing a big game, the game today, as opposed to sleepwalking like they do normally doing the games. Maybe that's a problem. I think you're right for the coaches and the players. There we go. We gotta figure it out. The reason why Michigan Ohio State has been so lopsided because the game is too early in the day. Bam. Move it to seven thirty. Move to seven thirty, which it really should be. Or at least three. The problem is that the varsity plays at three thirty. Isn't no, Auburn, we'll, Alabama we'll, normally at three thirty? Uh, yes. We don't. We don't have a set time. Really? Because sometimes we play three thirty if it's a big game. Like if we're both ranked, sometimes oh. we'll we'll play it late. I thought too. we saw those at three thirty. No, not always. No. Hmm. We go back and forth. If we're the prime time, you know. But hey, when you're prime time. You're I prime mean, when time. you're a big dog, you know, sometimes you 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 play you pick at the spots. Look, man, look. Hey, whoever's in it, you had a seven cost? Look, go, go, go Watch spot out. to the side. Watch out. Sit down. We're, we're going to bump you guys up. Yep. You guys get bumped up. Look, look, look. It'd be like Friday before. <laughs> like, I thought y'all were playing at prime time. Nah, man. 
Yep. Wake up a little bit earlier in the day. You got earlier. We're going to flex the game. Flex the game. But, <laughs> no, but it, it's, it's, it is interesting. Like, it's just like, I, I, um... I can't see a I can't see a scenario where Michigan comes out and wins tonight. Sure. Oh yeah, that's why sure. I'm picking them to win. Only because, too. only, only because of how crazy these last couple of weeks have been for Wisconsin. For Wisconsin. But I think Paul Cripps is a really good coach. Yeah. He gets his guys. To play I, I, for I, just, I think and they have a system the better, that works for I think the for better them. quarterback and I think the better coach I think wins tonight. Yeah, and that's how I feel about it. Look. Graham Mertz has showed the he may not have the ceiling that Joe Milton has. We don't know. Look, Graham Mertz is a high recruit. He may end up being the best quarterback in Wisconsin history. I'm just saying, like basically, I think he's the highest rated recruit quarterback they've ever had. I think so too. Like he may, he may be the best quarterback in the Big Ten after next year because Justin Fields is going to be gone. Yeah, so who who's that's going to be a wide open? It could be. It Tanner could be. Morgan's going to be gone. He's Minnesota. young. Look, he he could be. He very well could be. Mm-hmm. But look, it, it can go either way tonight. Honestly, I think we both don't really know what to expect. I know Wisconsin's going to run the ball well. I know, you know their quarterback gonna is going. You know what they're going. They know their game plan. But they're, I know, I know too. The their quarterback is going to make good decisions. Yes, consistently. Yeah, and that's what that's what I feel good about. Is that Don Brown's going to play do. man coverage? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Grand Mars may go crazy tonight. He may be like, oh, are they really doing me man to man? Bet. I haven't had a lot of reps in two weeks, but they're making this easy on me. So, I'm just going to pop, 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 That's me throwing the football. Pop, pop, pop. And, you know, connect and go crazy. Oh, wow. And North Carolina has marched back Ties to the game 45 to 45. Is it Sam Howell, the quarterback? Yeah. I like him a lot. So do I. You're going to hear about that name a lot in the next couple of years being a potential first round pick. I thought he would. I thought they would be better this year. Yeah. They already have two losses, but yeah. I thought he would be better. That's yeah. that's a, that's a me were, me thing. Unfor- I fell in love with the QB. Unfortunately, you know, and we're going off the rails here, but Clemson, you oh maybe Clemson goes into a tank after Trevor Lee's. No, uh, yeah, right. Yeah, no. Dude, with DJ Uyagalole, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. they're not going anywhere anytime no. soon. That dude's putting up Trevor Lawrence type. Numbers yeah, like they're, they're there's doing, no way. Yeah, they're they're, they're legit. It, now we're watching Miami Virginia Tech currently. It's a nail biter. It could be anybody. Miami currently it's up twenty five twenty four. But uh, you know we'll, we'll wait and see. But look, we brought you enough. How, we Des, you want to talk about the Lions at all before we wrap? Uh, let's do the Lions on two minute drill. Okay, we'll do that. Cool. So another episode the Dre and Des podcast. We out. That's a wrap.